All right. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you uh, are not married, but you would love to be married someday? All right. Put your hand up. All right. Keep them up. I'm just saying, look around. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Okay. Marriage is good, right? Stats show that, uh, you know, you, uh, married men live longer than single men. That's the truth. They don't want to, but, but they do. And, 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 <laughs> and we know this, but, but then there's this whole adultery thing. How many of you, go ahead and raise your hand, how many of you plan on committing adultery someday? <laughs> your favorite song is Me and Mrs. Jones. Anyone? Okay. Uh, I know you're not going to raise your hand because you're in church and you know you're not, you know, not even supposed to think about that. But the truth is nobody's thinking about that. Nobody's thinking, I can't wait to wreck my life with adultery. Yet listen to this stat. The Journal of Psychology and Christianity says that up to 65% of men and 55% of women by the age of 40 will have an affair, will commit adultery. How is that possible? It's because we're stupid, A, and B, because we have an enemy the devil, whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to God. And something that matters very dearly to God is the covenant of marriage that we've made to each other. So we're doing this, uh, this series, How to Wreck Your Life, and uh, I borrowed it from Pastor Craig Rochelle, Life Church in Oklahoma. And uh, I, I just want to help you try to figure out, and we're going to be a little tongue-in-cheek as we go through this along the way, I want to help you keep from wrecking your life. And we're going to use the Bible to do it, and I think it's going to be interesting. And I know that you said, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to ever commit adultery. You didn't raise your hand. But just in case you do, let me show you how to wreck your life, all right? Adultery 101, five simple words. Word number one, if you want to wreck your life, word number one is neglect. Neglect, okay? Make your marriage a low priority. Some of you are already, you know, like you get that, okay? One simple way to do this is to find something that you love to do outside of your marriage, something that's really important to you, and spend most of your time and energy on that. It could be your hobby. It could be your job, your business. It could be your children, could be any number of things, but just invest somewhere else so that you neglect your marriage. Get very selfish, all right? Get into porn, get into, you know, romance novels, whatever it is that helps you feel like that you've been missing out on something that you wish that you could have. That will make the neglect thing a lot easier for you. And obviously, you are going to want to avoid intimacy, all right? And I'm talking about all kinds of intimacy, emotional and physical. I mean, I mean, emotional, don't open up, don't share with each other, stop dating, you know, just become roommates. That's the, that's the best plan. And try to avoid physical intimacy if you can as well. Make it friends without benefits, if you know what I mean. And, and, and if the physical thing has to happen, just make sure your heart isn't in it. Try to make yourself as uninteresting and undesirable as you possibly can, okay? You know, stop looking nice, grow a beer gut, you know, I mean, stop shaving. Oh, wait, that, uh, just find a way to, to not look attractive any time that you can. And when you go to bed tonight, make sure that you're wearing your flannel PJs, you know? The ones that, uh, the ones that say, no, uh you ain't coming over here, okay? These are mine. Somebody gave me these cub footies for Christmas. They just anonymously left them on my porch. I'm going to have to move to a gated community, it looks like. Um, because, the, the, but, but, but you know, this is pretty much it. My, when my wife sees me in bed with these on, she knows it's not happening tonight. You know what I'm saying? Okay? So, so neglect. However you need to do that, just neglect. Number, number two, connect, all right, with somebody else. 
connect with somebody else, an old flame on Facebook, a neighbor, somebody at work, one of your kids' friends, parents, whatever, and at some point, just slowly begin to open up to them as you're closing off to your mate, all right? Really, really simple. Drop some hints about how bad your marriage is, you know? And this, listen, this is really simple if you're a Christian, if you're a believer. You just say, would you pray for me? Okay, just, would you pray for me? My marriage isn't going very well. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how much wonderful, sinful behavior can be covered up under the guise of a prayer request. Really, really simple, okay? Number three, redirect. Redirect your energies towards that person. Neglect yours, connect with somebody else, and redirect towards that person. Okay, now you want to get back in the gym. Now you want to start, you know, wearing the makeup and dressing nicely. Not for your spouse, but for that other person. Do not wear anything with a Cub logo on it. There's nothing attractive about that at all, okay? Start, start going back the other direction. Well, number four is inflect. That, that means to alter noticeably, okay? You, in, you inflect, like there's an inflection in your voice. And, and, I'm, and I'm making this motion because I'm saying, ladies, if you've got something, inflect it. Okay? Show it off. I mean, let, let's, let's do this, okay? Uh, you know, try to, try to make yourself a little bit more noticeable. Look provocative. Flirt whenever you can. Do the hair flipping thing, you know, or, or whatever it is that you're good at. Guys, you might think, well, oh, I've got to show off the guns, right? No, only if you have guns. Um, otherwise, otherwise the, the easiest thing, and this is just, just simple, just, just be sensitive, Okay, just be sensitive, you know, and drop a little note to, to the person, you know, send them an email. I mean, you got to be careful because it can be traced, uh, but, but, you know, and texting, the same thing. Texting works really well. Just be careful that you erase all the text messages along the way. Uh, Facebook, uh, you know, Snapchat is the new app that's perfect for that, right? You can do, do whatever you can. Just little inappropriate touches. Just, just inflect yourself into that person. And, and the fifth word is misdirect the blame. I, I will admit there is a website for Scrabble words that end in ect, and I did consult it to come up with this list. I'm just going to admit that to you. But misdirect the blame, okay? Uh, make excuses and rationalize your behavior. You're, you're going to say things like, well, if my wife was meeting my needs, well, if my husband had a sensitive bone in his body, well, my spouse, here's what I hear over and over again. Well, my spouse isn't making me happy, and this other person makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy right? And you're good to go. If you can do that, just misdirect the blame. Just rationalize it. You see what I'm saying? I know you're not planning on committing adultery, but many of you, if you were honest, I mean, if this is, if this is adultery, if this is the adultery spot, many of you, you know, you started off over here, and you're already here, and you didn't even realize it until I just pulled out that list. You know that I'm being incredibly sarcastic, but when you look at how far down the road you may already be, it ought to scare you. Listen, I've been a pastor for more than 30 years, and I've seen it happen over and over again to people like you, to pastors like me, who never intended to commit the sin of adultery. They never would have raised their hand, and all of a sudden they're lured into something that wrecks their life forever, and they never saw it coming. So listen, this is going to be pretty hard-hitting. All right. We're going to have some fun, and it's also going to be pretty hard-hitting because if you've survived adultery in your marriage, um, I know that this could be some hard stuff that I'm, that I'm talking about, and, and, and you can and you will survive, and we will help you if you're in the middle of it right now. But I desperately, even more importantly today, I desperately want to save some marriages from having to go through the pain of what I've seen happen in other people's lives. So I'm going to be really realistic. When we get to the end of this, 
We're going we're gonna to do a Rihanna song, Unfaithful, that is, I mean, you, 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 it'll blow your mind. I mean, it is so gut-wrenching when you hear this song. And I just, I, I want to tell you that up front. And then we're going to resolve it all and realize that God can help and forgive everything, okay? I'm going to use Proverbs 5. If you got your Bibles or you want to pull out your iPhone app or whatever, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to camp out in Proverbs 5 today because basically Proverbs 5 is a father, it's Solomon writing this, but it's a father writing to his son a bunch of wisdom about how not to wreck your life with adultery, all right? My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn an ear to my words of insight so that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way, her way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to the one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and your body are spent. That, that's what I want to try to help you to avoid. You understand that? That's what I want to keep you from doing is, is to not wreck your life. So wisdom 101, the first word is really just avoid. It's that simple. Turn a path far from her. Don't go anywhere near her. Does anybody remember the show Hee Haw? I heard uh, some of you northerners watched Hee Haw. I'm kind of surprised because... <laughs> Because I was in Oklahoma when Hee Haw was on, and th those were like literally my neighbors in that day. <laughs> but um, Hee Haw, in case you don't know, it was like this old, I mean, it was this, this big show in the 70s when you didn't have a choice of what you got to watch. And, um, and, and, and it was just a, it was a comedy show, and they had a lot of one-liners and little funny sketches, and then you do a country song. And, 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 you know, my wife and I were at this Dave Ramsey thing in Nashville, and he took us on a tour of the Nashville, of the Country Music Hall of Fame which I would have not normally done, you know? But it was kind of interesting because the whole set of Hee Haw was in there. And I was like, wow, I mean, this brings back so many memories. I mean, for me as a teenage boy, I watched Hee Haw for the girls. I mean, the bimbos, you guys remember? I mean, they had the, like, you know, the country bumpkin bimbos all dressed up in their, you know, in their Daisy Dukes and stuff. I'm just being honest. That's why I watched this show. But they were also famous for their one-liners, okay? And the one I will never, ever forget, there was a guy named Doc. He was, you know, the, the, the wise one on the show. And, and, and a guy comes into Doc one day, and he goes, Doc, I broke my arm in two places. And Doc said, we'll stay out of them places. It's brilliant theology, isn't it? Okay? Uh, the, the Solomon says, keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Stay out of them places. They say the best way to survive an accident is to avoid an accident, right? The best way to survive a zombie apocalypse is to avoid a zombie apocalypse. It, it, it's just very simple, okay? The best way to not fall into adultery is to stay out of them places. Now, here's the problem. All right. The problem is that most of us think that the line of sin is here with the physical. Okay. This is like this is the physical part here, and we think that this is the line of sin. The problem is you're you, you've got a problem when you're over here. You just don't realize it. You're not staying far enough away when you're here. The, the writer says you need to stay over here. Jesus in the New Testament he says it really plainly. 
He says, listen, you've heard it said that you should not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks lustfully at a woman in his heart has also committed adultery with her, okay? What is he saying? He's not saying, you know, oh, you notice a pretty girl, you're going to hell. No, he's saying if, if, you've, already, if you've already planned it, if you've already been thinking about it, if you've already been neglecting your marriage and connecting with somebody else, if you're already down this path, your heart is already committing adultery. We have a term for it. It's called an emotional affair. Haven't you heard that term? I mean, we all know that. Okay, they didn't go over here, but they were having an emotional affair. Is that still wrong? Yes, it's still wrong. If you're thinking about it, you are already in trouble. The father says to the son, stay way over here. Stay far away from her door. For those of you who are married, here would be a good little test. If your spouse could see your day, they could see a video of everything you did throughout the day, would they be happy with your interactions with other people? If they could see um, your emails and all your texts, would, would there be a problem? Because if you're thinking right now, oh, yeah, that might not be so good, th- then you're already in trouble. I'm not saying you've already committed adultery. I'm saying you're already in trouble and you need to get way the heck back over here. Don't even be alone with the wrong people, okay? Our staff policy at church, for for our staff as a church, is if you are a member of the opposite sex and you want to talk to one of our staff members, you can meet with them. They can meet with you one time, okay? We're not going to have men counseling women or women counseling men. One time, and then they will refer you. And there are windows in the doors of every one of our offices, and they are only allowed to see somebody one time, and it's only when other people are around. And they are not allowed to ride in cars together, even to a lunch, even to a meeting, even to some, the Christmas party. You're not allowed to one-on-one ride with somebody in a car, a member of the opposite sex, even on staff. You're not allowed to do that. That's, that's part of our policy. I've told you this before, but uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was coming back from lunch with Bill, and we'd been to lunch, and we were coming back, and, and one of our other staff members was getting out uh, of the car, and I just kind of drove by, and he was getting out of the car with a blonde, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, his wife is a brunette, what, what's going on here? So, I, you know, I pulled around, and, and, and I parked, and I waited by the front door to see what, what the deal was, and it was Pastor Richie. I'm not saying dude looks like a lady. I'm just saying, I'm just saying from the back, it's hard to tell. I don't care if it's Fabio or Clay Matthews or whatever. From the back, it was hard to tell, okay? So, so, so the father says, keep a path far from her. Pastor Groeschel was saying, you know, I know a lot of you can't do anything about this, but you travel for business. He said, I hear these stories about, you know, the, a, 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 a business that will send a man and a woman on a business trip, and they'll spend three days in, a, in, in the same motel together and have all the spare time together. And he said, you might as well just take a rope and tie it around your neck and tie it around her neck and throw it over the balcony and hang off the end, because that's just stupid on steroids. That's what he said. That's just stupid on steroids. And it is. I mean, do, you, should, you, should not, uh, you should just not go. Just go to a different motel, do whatever you have to do to stay away from it. And I'm trying to say wrong people and not opposite sex because I realize I'm being a little heterocentric here, but I'm saying whoever it is that you've got a problem with, you need to stay away from it. Do not talk to somebody else about your marriage or about what's going on unless it's a counselor, if it's in trouble especially. And if it is in trouble, let us help you. Fill out your next steps card. Put in a little note on the next steps card when the offering comes by and let us help you. 
We've got marriage mentoring. We've got counselors. We've got people that can help you. We want to help you. Don't talk about it to somebody else. And one more thing on the avoid deal here, Zuckerberg. Facebook is stupid on steroids, okay? You want to talk about stupid on steroids, Facebook is. One attorney told MSNBC nearly 60% of his divorce cases were because of Facebook. In the UK, they did a study that showed one out of three divorces implicated Facebook in the divorce proceedings. <clears throat> I know some of you are looking at me right now like I have three heads, but I'm telling you, it's really simple. Here's what happens. You go, you connect with an old friend on Facebook, and they're connected to your old boyfriend or your old girlfriend. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, hey, how you doing? And what do you think you're going to find out? Guess what? Their marriage is in trouble, or they're single or they're already divorced, or whatever, and you start talking to them, and some of those old feelings come back. Because here's what happens with the old feelings. You're going to remember all the good old feelings, right, and not the bad old feelings. You don't remember why you broke up with them in the first place, do you? Bada boom, bada bing, all of a sudden, you're here or you're here. I'm saying just stay out of them places. I'm saying if you work with someone that you're having a, a trouble with, that you're like, you're down this path, ask for a transfer. Get another job. Run, forest. <laughs> Groeschel said, it, this is brilliant. It's easier to find another job than it is another mother or father to your children. Right? Avoid. Number two, invest. Okay? Invest in your marriage. He doesn't leave it at that. He gives us more advice. Listen to this. Drink water from your own cistern. Running water from your own well. There's a lot of innuendo in here, so do whatever you want to with it. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public square, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. That's not 50 shades of nothing. That's the Bible, okay? <laughs> Are you following me? Let me give you a 21st century paraphrase of that scripture. It would be this. If the grass is starting to look greener on the other side of the fence, maybe it's time to water your own grass. The, the phrase for that, may you ever be intoxicated by her love, is hard for us to grab a hold of. It's the word shagah. I like this. It's the word shagah in the Hebrew. It means to be captivated, to be enraptured, to be consumed, intoxicated with the love of the wife of your youth. I'm talking about the, the one that you've already made a commitment to, this person that you're already with, not somebody else. We think, well, I could only have shagah with somebody else because this is getting kind of boring. Well, that's because you need to walk the grass. The father says, why, why would you want to have that with somebody else? I, my wife's in here. I just want to tell you I have permission to say this before I do because some of you are going to think I'm in trouble, but there's more Chicago going on in our marriage after 31 years than there has ever been. Okay? I, I know. I know. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm just... I know some of you young people are like, oh, gross. You're a grandpa. I know. Deal with it. Listen, we are closer. 
We are more intimate, we are more in love than we have ever been today. And you wanna know why? It's because we've been working on it for 31 years. You work on something for a long time, it should get better, okay? And if it's not, you need to get some help. So let me give you uh, what Groeschel gave us is uh, five ways to increase your Chagas, okay? I mean, um, without the use of medication. Here we go, five ways to bless the fountain, all right? That's a different story, you're gonna have to deal with that on your own, all right? Number one, get alone, all right? I say this because it's not been that long ago when we had small kids at home, and I realized how hard this is. It's not always easy. I'm encouraging you, if you're a young married couple, you got kids at home, this is what we're telling our kids now that they have babies. Uh, you gotta go get on a date. I mean, we, we FaceTimed with Rachel last night, and, or yesterday, and they were going on a date. They had some friends come over to, to take care of Charlie. They were gonna go on a date. You need to get alone, okay? That's so important. If you wanna water the grass over here so you don't have to worry about wrecking your life over here, then get alone. And if you can't get alone, then at least, for crying out loud, put Frozen on for the 500th time, <laughs> get a lock on the bedroom door, turn on the washing machine for some background noise, and get back in there, okay? I just, I just, I just got to tell you, the empty nest is some good chagas, baby. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, man, I mean, like kids are home for Christmas. We're like, oh, we love having them. When are they leaving, you know? <laughs> I'm just telling you, get alone. That's key, number one. Number two, get transparent, all right? This might be a little bit more for the guys than the ladies, but it's different in every couple. In the Garden of Eden, we hear that they were naked and unashamed, and, and we read that, and the guys are always like, oh, that would be awesome. It would freak you out. You don't understand the meaning of that. We're talking about they were so vulnerable, they shared so much of what was going on in their lives that they didn't have any reason for clothes. They didn't have any reason for anything. Now, what I'm talking about is complete intimacy. And, and guys, I, I know this. I, I mean, I, I, there are weeks I go without having a feeling as far as I'm sure, you know, that I can recognize. But, but you've got to be able to open up your heart and share. And there's nothing better than practice. So I want you to practice. Here's what I wanna, I wanna challenge you guys this week. If you, if, if you have a feeling, text your wife immediately. Say, honey, I think I'm having a feeling. <laughs> Let's talk about this when I get home. And then, and then open up and get transparent, okay? Same thing for you wives. I mean, you don't need to be sharing your stuff with everybody else. We need to be sharing together. That, that's how this intimacy thing happens. What happens with these people over here? They're talking all the time. They're emailing back and forth. They're sharing everything that's going on when they're in this, this bad relationship. Why, why is that? I mean, guys can open up and talk to this woman, and they can't open up and talk to the mother of their children, to the wife that they've had for, for 20 years. I don't understand that. It's because this has grown cold. So get alone. Get transparent. you got to know I'm going to say this one. Get spiritual. You're going to pray together? Guess what? That means you're going to have to have something to pray about. You're going to be transparent. Read God's Word together. Get in a group together, okay? Share your feelings with each other. I made this bumper sticker this week. The couple that prays together plays together and stays together, okay? And let us help you with your spiritual journey. Get, uh, get spiritual and get help is, is the next one, okay? Again, if you're in trouble, uh, I mean, and, and we will admit to you very freely, we've been to counseling a lot in our marriage, different times, Okay? I don't know about you, but when, when my car starts pulling to the right, I can either just keep driving it like this, or I can take it in and have the wheels realign. 
And I'm going to tell you, when, when our wheels get out of alignment, we go, we, go get it, we go get it done. We go in and we talk to somebody. And, and it is huge for us. And we've been encouraging our daughters, our married daughters, don't you neglect going in and get counseling. We'll pay for it if you need to. We want you to get counseling too because you need to get help. So you get alone, you get transparent, you get spiritual, you get help. And finally, I recommend get naked. All right. If I have to explain this to you, you need more help than I can give you in a 30-minute sermon, so forget it. I'm just saying water the grass, okay? He said, may your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. If you could figure that out, you would easily avoid getting yourself in a wrecked-up situation over here. So you're going to avoid, you're going to invest, and then this is the hard one. Visualize. Picture the destruction that's going to happen if you go down this road. For the lips, the father writes, of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. The problem is, some of you are, are, are looking at me right now, and you're like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand, PT. We're in love. He's going to leave her. She's going to leave him, and we're going to live happily ever after. We both know that it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go. <laughs> I would sing it for you, but it's too early. You want to know, you you know what the stats are? This is so funny. I mean, it's not because some of you have bit this, but do you know what the stats are of you marrying your forbidden lover? You know how often it happens? 3% of the time. Look me in the eye. 3% of the time you're going to marry your forbidden lover. You want to know what the divorce rate is of the people who marry their forbidden lover? It is 75%, Okay. So for those of you who are bad at math, the odds of you living in a fulfilling, lifelong relationship with Mrs. Jones is 0.75%, less than 1%. Why? Because this is based on bull. This is based on lies. This is based on deception. It came from the father of lies, and he's giving this to you because you think this is going to work, but it's never going to work. And sure, I understand, maybe what's real at home is not everything that you want it to be, but if you'll go back and invest and water the grass and make this and humbly repent before God and do whatever it takes to make this right, you won't wreck your life. Her feet go down to death. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. Her steps lead straight to the grave. It's pretty simple for me, probably ought to be for you. Just picture yourself sitting down with your children saying, hey kids, you know how much I love you, but here's why I can't live with you anymore. Ladies, just picture going to your parents saying, yeah, we're getting a divorce and here's why. Right? Really simple for me. I mean, I'd just be another bad pastor story, right? Just another one. National news. And literally, I believe there would be people in hell because of me. I mean, as much as, I, as much as I'm about heaven to earth and earth to heaven, 
nothing would send people to hell faster than that. I know that. Because I'd be the last straw for a whole bunch of people. They'd be like, oh, okay, here goes another one. I'm done. And I would throw away everything that I've worked my entire life for, for one moment of what Solomon calls letting my springs flow into the street. And the worst part is, I would devastate the woman who has given me her heart and her soul and sacrificed more in this world than anybody will ever know to live life with me. And how could I look my children in the eyes and say, hey girls, I, I really hope that you'll, your, your marriage will be strong, but I blew it. Just try to visualize that. And I know it's hard. I know I'm being hard. I'm going to be hard on me. I'm going to be hard on you. Because I don't want you to wreck your life. I'm going to read this article um, out of New York Times. It's not a, not a Christian article at all. It's a woman who has had an affair, and her husband had had an affair at different times in their lives. And uh, it is the most honest view of adultery I've ever seen. It's called A Room Full of Yearning and Regret. She said, start by picturing yourself in the therapist's office with your husband after you've been found out, and you will be found out. You will hear yourself saying that you cheated because your needs weren't being met. The spark was gone. You were bored in your marriage. Your lover understands you better. One or another version of this will cross your lips. I'm not saying these feelings aren't legitimate, she said, just that they don't legitimize what you're doing. Because if you believe they did, your stomach wouldn't drop on your way to, your, to, to the door of your lover's house. You wouldn't feel the need to shower before climbing back into the marital bed after a liaison. You wouldn't feel like a train had struck you in the back when your son asked why you forgot his lacrosse game the other day. You see, when you miss a family function because of work, you get over it. When you miss a family function because you were in a hotel room with your lover, you feel breathless with misery. What you don't know, or perhaps what you won't allow yourself to think about, is that your life will become an unbearable mix of yearning and regret because of it. This is no way for an adult to live. When you're with your lover, you'll be working on your alibi and feeling loathsome. When you're with your spouse, you'll be dying to return to your love nest. When you are at home, everything in your life will look a little out of register. The furniture, the food in the fridge, your children, your dog, because you've detached yourself from your normal point of reference and it now belongs to a reality that you've abandoned. You will be pulled between two poles, one of obligation and responsibility and the other of pleasure and escape. And the stress of these two opposing forces will threaten to split you in two. Once the affair is out in the open, and it will be out in the open, you will strive mightily to justify yourself. You will begin with sentences like, I never meant to. But one look at the hollow-eyed, defeated form of your spouse will remind you that such a claim is beyond the point. You can get over this, yes. But the innocence will have gone out of your union, and it will seem as if a bone has been broken and healed but one that rain or cold weather could set throbbing again. So now take the other side. You discover your cheating spouse, as I once did, and what you experience is not far removed from post-traumatic stress. It's a form of shock. As your mind struggles to accommodate this wrenching reality, you won't be able to sleep or focus. Your fight-or-flight mechanism will go haywire. You will become consumed with where your spouse is at any moment, even if you see him right in front of you. You will torture yourself with details. You will fit together the mysteries of his daily patterns like a wicked puzzle. Every absence or unexplained late night or new habit or sudden urge to join the gym, for instance, will suddenly make horrible sense. You will wonder why you were so stupid. You will come to long for 
simple, honest pleasures like making dinner with your sons or going out to the movies without having to look over your shoulder. At some point, <coughs> at some point, the whole episode will leave you disgusted and bored and desirous to get out. You'll just want to be with someone who does what he says he's going to, goes where he says he's going to go, and can be found anytime you need him because he's not hiding. I say all this by the way of hope, believe it or not. Affairs are one of the adult world's few disasters that can be gotten over with a lot of time and a lot of kindness. It has to burn out of you over months and months, flaming up and then subsiding as you get used to the fact. But I look at my parents, at how much simpler their lives are at the ages of 75, mostly because they haven't marred the landscape with this grand-scale deceit. They have this marriage of 50-some years behind them, and it is a monument to success. A few weeks or months of illicit passion could not hold a candle to it. If you imagine yourself in such a situation, where would you fit an affair neatly? If you were 75, which would you rather have? Years of steady, if occasionally strained, devotion, or something that looks a little bit like the Iraqi city of Fallujah, cratered with spent artillery? From where I stand, it all just looks like a cheap hotel room. Whether you're in that room to have an affair or to escape the discovery of one. And despite the sex and the excitement, there is no view from this room that is worth having. I understand this is difficult, but the way I want to leave you is that in the middle of this pain, there is good news. Okay? The good news is that when we're unfaithful, God is always faithful. No matter how bad we blow it, no matter what we've done, how far we've gone, he is always available for healing. And it could be that if you're in the middle of this or you survive this, it could be that things could be better for you at the end than they ever were at the beginning. Pastor Craig was talking about preparing the sermon. He said, I got a call from a, a, a friend of mine and in the middle of the week I was preparing the sermon. And the guy said, I... I, I'm, I got caught. I got busted. I was committing adultery. And he was, said he was just crying. He was just broken. And he said, I got together with him a couple of days later. And I said, tell me how it's going. And the guy said, well, obviously this has been the worst week of my life. But in some weird way, it's also been the best week of my life as well. So, as odd as it sounds, he said, I, this God thing, you know, I think I've been talking about it, but I haven't really known who Jesus was. And in this moment of brokenness, I think I know Jesus for the first time. He said, I think there's more hope for this marriage than there ever has been. And Craig said, I think you're absolutely right, because now Christ can be a part of this marriage. Listen, if somebody commits adultery, it's biblical grounds for adultery. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not. But don't ever forget this. It's also biblical grounds for forgiveness and healing and restoration. And what God makes new is always better than anything you had ever imagined before. So no matter what sin you're in, we're going to have communion here. We're going to listen to one more song, and then we're going to have communion. And I want you to just to listen and let him come in and forgive and heal and restore. And if you're dealing with the pain of adultery, Please hear this song, and, and, and if it's possible in your heart to forgive, know that God can make all things new. And if you're in a marriage that you think isn't going to make it, you've tried watering the grass and it's just not going very well, 
please listen to the writer of Proverbs and listen to this song. And I pray that you will see that love is worth it. It's a great song, isn't it? And it is. Old married people back me up on this. It is, isn't it? Um, I, I tell you, it just, um, not, nobody wants to clap because they don't want to be in that category, but whatever. Um, I just had a moment. I mean, for some reason, my son-in-law texted me a picture of Charlie in overalls. I don't know if he knew I was talking about hee-haw or not, but... It, and I got the picture, and I just, as this song was going on, I'm thinking, it is worth it. That's what it's, that's what it's supposed to be about. I mean, it, it, if I had been unfaithful to her along the way, and we were split up, I don't know that that would have happened. I don't know that he would be here. That's what you've got to look for. Visualize, visualize what's going to happen if you do that, and visualize where your future could be if you just water the grass. Enjoy your life with the wife of your youth. And even if you're in the situation where you've already blown it, it's already happened, whatever, this is a new start. I talked to a guy last night. He said, I wish I would have heard this sermon 15 years ago. I said, it's okay. You've got to start right now. Start right now and move forward. God forgives. We're going to do communion. Let's pray. God, I thank you for uh, having people around me to keep me straight and and parents and in-laws that are such a great example of faithfulness. And I know that it's not been easy for me or her, but I thank you for 31 years. And I pray for my kids growing up in this world, um, trying to have marriages in this world. And my grandkids, I pray for them that they will understand that that whole idea of the illicit nature of a relationship I'm not supposed to have is all based on a bunch of baloney from the father of lies. Lord, for all of us, um, we learned last week that David was a man after your own heart after he committed adultery and murder. We can come back to you and just say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. That's what communion is all about. So as we take it right now, help us to understand how much you love us, that you still want to love us. You still want to be in a relationship with us, whether it's been adultery or any of the other sins that I have committed, you still love me. Lord, be with us and bless us. If there are people that need to turn to you today, let that happen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.